0: Good morning, everybody. Well, this morning, Sam's pretty much preached my preach already, so I think I'll just sit back down and we'll do some more worship. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach to you some more. Yes! Yes! Yes, that is good. I'm glad some of you are happy about that. Um, Not to seem cliché, in fact, probably completely appropriately, before we look at prayer for half an hour. I need to pray. Why for myself and for us that we would hear what the Lord wants to speak to us about this morning uh, and not just Phil's rambling thoughts. Um, So let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Lord Jesus, we love you. You are the king. You're the only king. You're the only true king. You're the only one who's on the throne. And um, Lord, we just come this morning and say, oh Lord, would you speak to us? Prayer is a a topic which some of us love. It's kind of, it's a a bit like Marmite, just because sometimes we don't get on with it. Lord, sometimes. uh, Father, I pray as we look at what your word says this morning about prayer, you'd birth something in us. I really pray. I really ask that, Father, that we'd understand something of what your heart is towards us as you call us to pray. Um, We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to speak this morning. We love you. Jesus, be glorified this morning. Be honoured and glorified this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. So if you've got a Bible with you or a phone with a Bible on it, um, please turn to Matthew 6. We... um, as Sam mentioned, at the beginning of every term, as we, we would normally do, a week of prayer three times a year, we've quite intentionally decided, you know, where, where would be the best place to put that week of prayer? Well, why not at the beginning of the things that we plan uh, rather than at the end? You know, Why, why not put prayer front and centre and say, let's start there? And so at the beginning of every term, we have a week of prayer. And so in a couple of weeks, as the new term starts, we're going to be having a week of prayer, 24-7 prayer. And during the series, so we're going to be starting 1 Peter next week, looking at the, the, the book in the New Testament of 1 Peter. But the, the, the fillers, the sermon fillers between the series are not less important. They're, they're just as important. We're looking at the Word of God. And... Um, So as we open looking at the Lord's Prayer this morning, we're not going to cover the whole thing. There's so much in there. Uh, But hopefully, unless there's other things that come to the fore as we progress through the year that need attention, hopefully we'll be able to give ourselves in these weeks before the term starts to look again. What what about the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. It's It's because Jesus instructed us, this is how you pray. The Lord instructed us this is how you pray and so we're going to come to this this morning I'm not going to go through the whole thing we're going to come to this again at the beginning of next term God willing all being well but that's where we're going this morning we're going to look at the first two verses where Jesus is saying this is how you pray this is how you don't pray so we're going to look at those two verses that's verses five to seven and then we're going to look at I think it's verse eight where the first line of Lord's prayer This is how you pray. Pray like this. Uh, So that's where we're going this morning. Um, So firstly, Jesus says, when you pray. And just to touch on this, Jesus doesn't say, if you pray. Um, He says, when you pray. Now, prayer, prayer is difficult. Sam has mentioned that already. Prayer is difficult. For some of us, we love praying, but it's still difficult. Prayer is difficult, isn't it? Any, any Put your hand up. Just, you, know, you just pray for six hours a day and you find it a breeze. No, no, okay. <laughs> Prayer is difficult. And so God invites us in. Jesus says, when you pray. Why? Because there's an expectation. The Lord says, when you pray, not if you pray. So come, come and Pray. There's an invitation straight away. Jesus says, when you pray, there's an expectation that he has that his disciples, those who love the Lord, will pray, will seek him. There's a provocation. If ever there was one, there's a provocation. When you pray, friends, are you praying? Are you praying? I don't find this easy. I'm not standing up here as the guy who solved it, the champion in prayer. That's, no, I'm not that guy. But friends, there, there's a, this, is a, this is a central matter. This is a central matter. How do you pray? Do you pray? Jesus said, when you pray. So that's, a, that's not point one. That's, that's the, the prologue, I think. to point one. Jesus then says, looking at verses, uh, I think it's verses five. Hold on, let me find it in my Bible. Let's read the whole prayer and then we'll, we'll pick up on the verses that I'm just about to, to look at. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So firstly, how don't we pray? Those first first couple of verses. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand in the street corners and in the synagogues, that that they may be seen by others. How don't you pray? To be honest, I think this usually isn't... These aren't the main areas we struggle with. If if anything, we're we're just a bit slow. We, we, We don't pray because we don't know how to... We're not those who stand on the street corners. We're not those who who come to the front for 10 minutes and, and pray so that the rest of us would, would hear the person standing here. We're not like that. But Jesus is talking to a context where there's two examples, generally speaking, there's two examples going on that they've got around them. There's the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, there's the religious leaders of the day who would stand on the street corners. They would stand on their, you know, the people standing on their soapboxes, trying to get people's attention and pray with eloquent words. And get everyone's attention, look at me, notice me, look how, look how great I am. That's one example. Jesus says, don't pray like them. The second example, they had the Greeks and the Romans around them. These guys had loads and loads of gods. And when they prayed, they heaped up phrases, they would chant stuff, and they'd say it again and again. Just to get their God's attention. Jesus says, don't pray like that. He says, don't pray like that. Avoid praying like that. If your tendency when it comes to prayer is to think, you know, I've I've learned some new Bible phrases recently, actually. I, I say propitiation in my prayers and <laughs> sacrificial atonement and scapegoat and things like that. If your, if your preoccupation when you pray is your words, I might suggest gently. It's not about your words, it's about your heart. So if your preoccupation is how good you sound when you pray, probably just stop praying for a moment. I've been there. I've I've actually been there. I've I've, I've thought, Lord, I've, I've studied your word for some time now. I think I've got the hang of the right language to use when I come to you and when I speak. God's not interested in eloquent words. He's interested in your heart. which means you don't need to dress your prayer up. He's not interested in heaping up phrases again and again. God's not hard of hearing. Jesus said he knows what you're going to ask before you ask it. He knows what's in your heart. He's not interested in, in, in phrases, being piled up on phrases as if that's going to get his attention. No, he's, he's, he's the Lord of all the universe. You've got his attention. He sees all things. He hears all things you've got his attention not because he's not because of a performance, is not a performance, it's not a performance. You've got his attention because he loves you. It's staggering So a couple of things about how we don't pray. So how, how should we pray then? Jesus says this is how you pray. And when you pray, Jesus said. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven. We read these verses so often and just gloss over them. When you pray, pray like this, my Father in heaven. It would have been right for Jesus to have said, when you pray, pray, O sovereign king. It would have been right if Jesus said, when you pray, pray, O Holy One. That would have been right. It would have been right when Jesus was given the instruction to pray if he had said, when you pray, pray like this, all-powerful God. That would have been absolutely appropriate. But what does he say? He says, when you pray, pray like this, my Father in heaven. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't it? The Lord who created this universe in a moment the Lord who sustains the stars by the word of his power. The Lord who, who, who created the churning sea and the, and the rugged mountains. He's a glorious one, no? He's glorious. He's a glorious father. He says, when you pray, Jesus, we know that Jesus spoke the words that the father wanted him to speak. Scripture tells us that. Jesus said that of himself. And Jesus says... Speaking the words that the Father would have him speak so that we understand how we relate with God, this is how you pray. Call me Father. Call me Father. That's astonishing. That's absolutely astonishing. If you removed communication and speech from mine and Rachel, my wife's relationship, there'd be no relationship left. If you remove communication and speech from mine and Rachel's relationship, there would be no relationship left. Sure, there's things that we do, but if you take speech away, if you take communication away, there's no relationship. How's your prayer life? The Father remarkably invites us into relationship to pray because he wants relationship with us. That is staggering. It's staggering because God could have said I know your thoughts anyway, so <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about carving out any time. I have actually have I've got better things, better things to do. He knows our thoughts. He didn't say, I'll just read your minds. Don't worry. I'll just, you're a bit of an inconvenience, actually. I'll just read your minds. Stay where you are. Do what you're doing. I'll read your thoughts, and we'll go from there. He could have done, because he knows what's in our minds. He knows what's in our hearts, but he doesn't. He doesn't say, I'll just read your mind. He says, no, come to me. He says, come to me. Friends, I am not perfect at this, but are we doing this? Are you coming to him? How's your prayer life? Maybe you find it difficult to come to the Father because you've had your own models of mothers and fathers, parent figures, and they've... They've not not lived up to your hopeful expectation. And so quite often what we do is we project our experience of mother and father, parent figures, onto God and we say, you must be like them. The Bible says that God created man in his image. So God's not in the image of your parent figures, authority figures, those who've looked after you. He's not in their image. No, they are in His and they are fallen. He is perfect. He is glorious. Absolutely glorious. In James 1, verse 17, it says this Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He's perfect. If, if, if you find prayer difficult because it's coming to the Father, your Father in heaven is not like your father and mother, parent figures on earth. He's not like them. He's perfect. He's holy. There is, there is no variation in him. There's no shadow. There's always emitting pure, beautiful light. There's, no, there's not a dark spot where, where, the, where the light isn't coming from. Some kind of jaded part where I'm not quite sure what's going on. No, he emits glorious light because he's beautiful, he's perfect, he's holy. He's a perfect father. He is a perfect father. And Jesus wants us to understand something. God is the one perfect being who invites us into a relational dynamic where he would have us come to him and speak with him. His love is perfect. Don't be turned away because of your experience from this father because his love is perfect. He is full of compassion. He doesn't have a measure of it which which runs out. He's full of compassion. I'd I'd appeal to you if if prayer is difficult because of this I'd love to pray with you. Um, But don't allow your earthly representations of motherhood, fatherhood be projected onto him because he's not like them. He is perfect and he loves you perfectly. Maybe you think, ah, that's all well and good. You know, I get that. Actually, I'm happy with the father. I, I, I know he is glorious. I know he deserves my time. I, um, I've, I have no issue with that statement. I know he is the perfect father. Maybe the issue lies... Closer to home. Maybe it's actually the, the reason I, pray, I find prayer difficult is me. Maybe it's the reason I find prayer difficult is because I am, I, I, while I know and I understand Jesus has forgiven me on the cross when he died in my place to save me, I don't feel I can come to him. I'm too ashamed of myself. Dane Ortland writes in his book, Gentle and Lowly, which was quoted a couple of times in the series we did um, about God is. He writes this, The only thing requested, uh, required to enjoy such love, the Father's love, is to come to him, to ask him to take us in. He does not say, whoever comes to me with sufficient contribution or whoever comes to me feeling bad enough for their sin, or whoever comes to me with a redoubled efforts to be acceptable, he doesn't say that. He says, Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never cast out. This might be very familiar stuff, but it's astounding stuff. Friends, you are welcomed into the arms of the Father by him who is the king of all things, the king of the universe. He bids you come to him. His desire is that you would come to him in prayer. His greatest heart is that you would draw close to him. Maybe you think, but I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I'm a rubbish prayer. Guess what? Here we go, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Turn to the person next to you and say, you don't know how to pray. Now turn to the person next to you and say, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. If it was down to your eloquence in prayer, we'd all be stuffed. The Holy Spirit intercedes for each one of us. Maybe you think, actually, I'm quite good at praying. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you because you don't know how to pray as you ought. Maybe you think, I'm terrible at praying. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. It's got nothing to do with your words. If my children felt that they couldn't come to me because they thought, I'm not good enough at talking to come to Dad yet. That would break my heart, because I want relationship with my children. It would break my heart. If my children thought, I can't come to Dad, I don't know how to talk to him yet. Ah, oh, I'd be heartbroken. And how awful would it be if I said, no, no, you're not good enough at talking yet. Come to me when you're better at talking. Oh wow, gosh, God's not like that. I want us to get this. Why? Because I want us to find freedom in prayer. Friends, this matters. It matters so much. If we were silenced in prayer, the enemy is laughing. Laughing, he loves it. If you can't pray, you don't feel able to pray. If my children couldn't, couldn't come and talk to me, I'd think, wow, what lie do you believe that means that you can't come to me? The Father's heart is that you'd come to him. Speak with him. If you don't think you can pray very well, it has nothing to do with you coming to him. I, I, I don't know what to say to help us perfectly, but I want us friends to be encouraged. Even if you think you can't pray, that's got nothing to do with it. No one knows how to pray. No, no one knows how to pray as they ought. That's the point. No one knows how to pray as they ought. We all need help. And so maybe you're, you stumble over your words. I would love to hear you pray. More so, he would love to hear you pray. And if my heart reflects the way I am as a father to my children, do you not think that God's heart would be more beautiful in the way that it desires his children to come to him and to pray and to talk and to ask and to. It's his good pleasure for us to come to him, to seek him, to say, Lord, I need this, I ask you for this. That's his good pleasure. Yes, they've come to me. That's what he's like. Yes, they've come to me. If my children didn't come to me, Oh, wow. Man, that would suck. (laughs) It would be awful. He wants us to come. And so, friends, we pray to a someone. We pray to the king of the universe who is our father. That is absolutely staggering, and he loves us. And as Sam quoted earlier, the book of Hebrews, because of Jesus... We can come boldly to the throne of grace and ask him in our time of need. That's what scripture says. We can come boldly. Not irreverently. We don't come irreverently to the Father, to the glorious one. No, but we can come boldly knowing that he loves us. So let's come to him who is glorious. Second point. Jesus goes on. "Hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Prayer is the worshipful petition. Petition means request. Prayer is the worshipful petition that is preoccupied firstly with him. Prayer is the worshipful petition that is preoccupied firstly with him. So we cry, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name means Lord. Let your name, let you be held in the highest honour. By everyone else, me, and because I've tasted and seen that you are good, it is absolutely fitting that my desire, my, my, my first worshipful petition, is because I'm preoccupied with him to say, Let everyone else see that you are glorious and hold your name in the highest honour. That's what it is. Lord, hallowed be your name. Let your name be holy. Count it not because it's not holy, his name is holy, but let his name be counted as holy by everyone else because they can taste and see. They're invited to taste and see that He is glorious, and if they taste and see that He is glorious, they likewise will go, "Lord, hallowed be Your name. Your name is holy. You are glorious." The ironic thing is, we do this. We do this all the time, but we don't do it with the Lord. If 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 I was to say, or no, let's not suggest that. That's a terrible thing to suggest. If If you were saying, Phil, hallowed be your name, I would say, stop that, that's a terrible thing to do. But why would that be wrong? Because I'm not holy, for starters, and I don't deserve it. But we do this all the time. We do this to amazing athletes. We do it all the time. Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Hallowed be their name. We might not say that. It's a bit of a strange thing to say. But we basically do it. We give honour. We give glory. We give the highest esteem. In the wrong direction. Amazing athletes, footballers, boxers. In fact, most boxers do it about themselves. That's not, maybe that's not fair. Sports personalities. Great chefs. When you taste their food. Oh, we, we, we love food. And we make a massive song and dance about the chefs and their amazing inspiration. They must be glorious. They're not. Gifted, wonderfully gifted. And people that we love. And, you know, wonderful, yes. We do it, we do it with musicians on a whole other level. I don't know why we do it with musicians on a whole other level, but we do. One Direction. Oh, hello be your name, One Direction. Oh, Harry Styles. Maybe you're a bit more old school. It's Elvis. Hallowed be your name. Or, I don't know, Tupac, Dr. Dre. No, 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 we're going in the wrong direction. No, Hallowed be his name. Some people are still laughing about One Direction. It's because they're secret One Direction fans. We do damage to ourselves, actually, when we esteem the wrong thing. Because our hope gets set on the wrong thing. Why, well, why do we do damage to ourselves? Because they don't give us eternal life. They they're not going to help us. Instead, you know, if you pursue that, if you really pursue that, and some people do, that's what they go after. And how do they get left? They get left empty. Nothing to show for it. Friends, you and me, we get to give glory to the one who is holy. We see this in Scripture. Paul and Barnabas in Acts 14. They're in Lystra or Iconium somewhere. I'm not going to read from the passage right now. Um, But they heal a man who could never walk. He was born unable to walk. And the people in this place saw what had happened saw the spectacle oh my goodness we knew about this man we know that he's never been able to walk Paul and Barnabas come along Paul prays for him the man's legs are healed he jumps up and down going woo! and everyone else around him goes wow this is Zeus and Hermes these are the gods these are wow and Paul's like no 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 you've got it wrong don't hallowed be my name I'm just a man like you give glory to the most high anything that needs elevating anything that needs elevating to be worshiped isn't worthy of worship we so we say hallowed be your name because he can't be elevated he is there already he is there he is elevated he is the highest name so we say absolutely appropriately the appropriate First prioritize petition, worshipful petition of us is to be preoccupied with him, to say, hallowed be your name. How's your prayer life? Friends, mine's not perfect. How's yours? I want to encourage us. Oh, oh dear brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us. Let's come to him. Let's come alive in prayer. Not so that we'd be called the prayer church, Who's interested in that? We're not interested in making a name for ourselves. No. So that we would enjoy something of the glorious fellowship that he has invited us into. That he invites you into. Come to me when you pray. When you pray, because Jesus expects you to come to him. Come to me and pray. My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we will, with the psalmist, say the same thing as he said all those years ago. Let everything that has breath, has breath. Praise the Lord. Hallowed be your name. That's the cry of our hearts. How's your prayer life? Romans 8 verse 1. Always remember this, because in case anyone's feeling a little bit... Romans 8 verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned because your prayer life isn't great, Join the club. None of us know how to pray for as we all. But friends, let's pray. Let's learn to pray. As my children learn to speak to their mum and their dad, let's learn to speak and commune. That's what it is, to live in beautiful relationship with our Father in heaven. I'm going to invite the band to come up Uh, And we're going to worship together. Maybe you could stand where you are, if you're able, if you want to. It'd be good just to respond. Always good to respond. We always finish a preach saying, well, shall we respond to that? We're going to respond. because it's right that we you know we want to do something about this maybe if you love the lord you could i don't know assume a worshipful posture <laughs> a prayerful posture invite him to come open your hands father i thank you <laughs> Glorious Father, it's just incredible that you call us, sons and daughters, you call us into a relationship with you, absolutely staggering, mind-blowing. And Lord, I pray by your Spirit, now you'd help us in our weakness, where we get all tangled up and tied up in knots With how? What do I do with prayer? Lord, I pray. I pray, O Father, wonderful Father. I pray you'd help us, because this, this, this is the means that the beautiful, intimate means that you would use that we would have relationship with you. So, Lord, I pray you'd help us to be those who. Who engage in relationship with you. Father, I pray you'd help us. Because there's so many many distractions and lies as well, and everything else in the world. Lord, I pray you'd help us. So that we would come to you. So that we would pray. Not eloquently, it's not about that, it doesn't matter about our words, but Lord, that we would speak. Lord, I pray you'd help us as your children to come to you and to speak and because we've tasted and seen to say, hallowed be your name. You alone are holy and deserve the highest honour. Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you invited us as friends to come to the Father We love you, Lord.